afternoon, and welcome, everybody. <laughs> that started rough. <laughs> this would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Woo! We're off to a flying start on a libation Friday. Loosey-goosey edition of the program. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. And you are you and you're with us. That's great. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> we'll let the who play for a second. Well, we made it to the end of the week. We've made it to a libations Friday. I should say I've made it to the end of the week here. I, I was worried about my voice as early as Wednesday. I thought uh, we could have an issue by the end of the week, but I think we'll we'll survive it. We're going to be all right. We're going to be okay. It's uh, it's an exciting day because it's the day in which we get Lee Sterling to go through his picks. Paramount Sports join us later this hour and the next hour. Uh, my mother will join us for her picks. And uh, I had Washington last night and didn't deserve to win. Did you stay up for the end of the game? I did not deserve to win I that game. I couldn't. No. I was up this morning at 4.45, ready to go, doing work. 4.45? I was. Yep. You're getting, you're getting to be like me. What's going on here? Uh, I was just tired. Lingering tiredness. Like I told you, when I had the allergy pills, you know, it just it destroyed me. Because they're the 24-hour kind, mm. so I couldn't make it past the first quarter of the game. And I thought, oh, man, look at Daniel Jones doing it again, evading pass rushes, getting the football out on time. Yeah. Washington's in for a long night, and little did I know it would be a really entertaining football game. He played great. He deserved to win. Uh, the Giants choked that game away, by the way. Uh, but uh, I will. I don't care about either team at all, uh, and neither of them are all that good. I, Washington's got some issues, man. That defense is not what we saw a year ago at all through two games. Through two games. Now, luckily for them, they're not 0-2 like the Giants, who are, I believe, for the fifth year in a row, maybe sixth year in a row they started the year 0-2. They are the definition of grand opening, grand closing. That is a, that's a tough way to be. Statistically, historically speaking, this is no way to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's like our mutual friend Bill. You know, He understands from both Saturdays and Sundays what it means to have these, the month of September end your season. End your season for football. I spent, uh, it's funny, I, I, <laughs> I, I was speaking with a family member who is not as, I don't know, tied into and, and passionate about college football as, as we are. And they were saying, <clears throat> they were asking me a question um, regarding the disappointment in last week's game. And I said, oh, you can't begin to understand the disappointment. I said, it's, it's, you, can, you can understand that they were 27-point favorites or whatever and didn't cover. You can understand that you shouldn't lose to an FCS school. You can understand that it's a, it's a tough loss for a, a new staff to try to explain away and it's, it's tough to recover. I said, but as of yesterday, we were still really kind of mired in talking about that game as opposed to the weight game, and this weight game is, is huge. And, I, you know, I told you as early as Tuesday, I'm, I'm nervous about this game, and I am. I'm nervous about this game. I'm not nervous about, you know, looking at Wake's personnel and looking at our personnel and saying, well, this doesn't match up. Well, sometimes you look at matchups and you sit in your styles, make fights, and you go, this is, not, this is no good for us, baby. This is no good for us. You know, sometimes you see matchups like that. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that the implications here or the repercussions of another loss, um, you know, I remember sort of towards the end of the lost decade, and we weren't having losing seasons in the lost decade. We were just having 
middling to poor seasons and we weren't getting the most out of our guys and there were six and six campaigns and the like. And at some point, the anger was replaced with apathy and that really made me nervous. I, I, at that time, I remember thinking, well, you know, when people figure out from all around the state or the southeast in general that there are other things to do on their weekends than to come to Tallahassee and support Florida State football, then you're in a bad place because changing habits is difficult. If you've ever read about habits, read the book Habits, any of that stuff, you realize that it is hard to start uh, and turn over a new leaf and create new habits. But if you do, like going back to the ones that you supplanted, it doesn't normally happen. And so I was thinking about long term. I was thinking, you know, what if people just decide I'm not coming over from Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, certainly not Miami, St. Petersburg, Atlanta, and I'm just not going to come anymore because the, the product is ass sorry. All it does is lead to a headache for me to try to get to Tallahassee. And then when I go to the games themselves, they don't play well. They lose. And uh, you know what? I like spending time with my family here at the house or you know swimming in the pool and having people come over and barbecue instead of going to Tallahassee. And we'll watch it on TV, and if they start to play poorly, we'll flip it. You know, I, I mean, that happens. And, you know, I, I just I'm having that same sense here. Like, man... It's not good for anybody, not the local economy or otherwise, to have a half-empty stadium the remainder of the year. They go 0-3. Ain't nobody coming up here to watch games. Yeah, it's Norvell's last stand for the next six weeks. You could earn it back by oh, November. Yeah. By November. But it would take that long. It would. It would It would take beating Louisville, Syracuse, North Carolina, obviously UMass, losing to Clemson and then beating NC State, and then people would be back just in time for the Miami game. But you would lose an entire month of rabbit enthusiasm. And what sucks is because we can see the numbers. We can see the numbers in multiple ways. Oh, yeah, Warchant.com. Yeah, yeah. You see the eyeballs in the top left corner of our software that we use. The day after Notre Dame, I was stunned for a holiday how many people were invested in the game. The moments after the football game, and we lost to Notre Dame in overtime, I was stunned in the postgame show with how many eyeballs were there. Yeah. People were locked in, they were happy. You built up goodwill in a loss. The coach and the players might not like a loss of any kind. Well, you know, with moral victories no, or otherwise. No, no, nobody likes to lose. But the fans did. That that loss actually advanced the cause. I think it brought people closer to spending money on this program as boosters, ticket sales, you name it. And you're at a place that you haven't been since, I don't know, the spring tour that Willie was on before he coached one football game. And then it was all gone. This is the last stand tomorrow. You've got to yeah. win this football yeah, you're game. You're not overstating it. You're not, uh, you know, it's, it's true. I, I really do believe that, again, they are in a desperate place right now. They're backed against the wall. They are absolutely now in a must-win situation, at least in terms of salvaging anything that remains of this season, of which there are a lot of games to play. Like, you didn't really, even if you were of the mindset, and I was, that they were at best going to be average, by definition, 6-6. Six and six. You know, that at best they were going to be an average team. They just don't have the personnel. But I, I would have never guessed that they would have thrown away everything through three games. There's just no way. I thought, okay, well, they'll be, you know, they'll, two and one, one and two, so, but there, there'll be some games to play still that will be interesting. We were worried about one and two, but, yeah, but yeah. We, we, we certainly never saw 0-3. Oh no, and, and it's just, you know, it's so stupid. It's for all the wrong reasons. Like, you know, if you lost three offensive linemen to season-ending season injuries against Notre Dame or in the first half against Jacksonville State, and then you had two defensive backs slip and fall on a play, yeah. and you lose by three, you're like, oh, 
well, you know, this poor man, Mike Norvell, Can't this poor guy yeah, yeah. between COVID no, and this. Didn't get that now. No, this is all your fault, man. Yeah. This is not that. This is the hubris puts you in this position. Yeah. I still think a lot of the goals are left on the table for this team, but, you know, none of them are left on the table if you lose tomorrow. That's that's the whole thing. You know what ends up happening, too? You you try because all you have left in situations like this. Now, we'll see. We'll see if they play well tomorrow. We'll see if they go on the road and get a win. Uh, it's amazing what winning does. It, it, what a salve it really turns out to be. I mean, you don't forget the the loss to Jacksonville State, but you're able to put it in the rear view and move forward if you get a win tomorrow. You're, you're able to do that, at least temporarily. Well, it's tough that we have to talk about this on a Friday, but this is what we've wrought. Loosey, and by we, I mean buddy. they. Yeah, no, they did this to us. What have you done? Uh, you know, again, so it's it's one of those things where if you get a win, you're 1-0 in the ACC. Just keep spinning that. 1-0 in the ACC, everybody. On our way to an ACC championship, one and zero. Let's t- take it all down the road. Mike, your thoughts on the quarterbacks today's practice? We're one and zero in the ACC, and I'm very happy about that. The guys came together, had another good practice. You know, all we know is how to work, and that's what we'll do. We will keep going to the drawing board, get back to work, uh, remain undefeated in the ACC. Hopefully, again this week, and uh, our, our goals are all on the table. There's, they, they can all be met. Mike, how is the vaccination rate coming along for the team? 1-0 in the ACC, feeling good about uh, putting together a game plan on the road, get a big win against Wake Forest, and it, it buoyed the team immensely. And obviously, guys were able to put a disappointing loss in the rearview. Uh, now that we're undefeated in the ACC, you got to try to keep it going, build up as many wins as you can in this conference. We all know what a meat grinder the ACC is, feeling pretty good about it now that we're undefeated in the ACC. Certainly excited about this week. And, Coach, your linebacker depth for this weekend? You know, it's funny. You would think that a team that is as thin as we are at linebacker would not be undefeated in the ACC, but it is. It is a team that's undefeated in the ACC, and that's one of the things about this group is their resilience. And, uh, you know, we put them in a good position this week. They executed beautifully, and now we're 1-0. 1-0 in the conference, and all our goals are still on the table in the ACC. And that would be the end of the press conference yeah, because everybody would know the it's drill. It's a beauty. There we go. Any other questions? Wide receivers? You got questions about them? Don't worry about it. We're 1-0 in the ACC, baby. Everything's going well. Coach, your receivers uh, combined for four receptions in this game. You won 20-17. Not a, not a pretty win, but, uh, but a win nonetheless. Yep. You know, certainly you'd like to go into a game and have more than four receptions from your receivers, but it's a work in progress right now. Uh, but, you know, again, we put them in a position to get a win. Uh, those four receptions were huge, and we're 1-0 in the ACC because of it. So we'll, we'll take those four receptions, and we'll move on to this next game. And uh, it's a home game in the ACC. They're going to need the fans to show up and bring it. Feeling pretty good. Undefeated in the conference right now. All our goals right there on the table. Still got a chance to win the ACC. Anybody else? <laughs> our ass is in the jackpot now, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what you got. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I Yesterday we were talking about the Vanderbilt coach wanting to take the scoreboard down and say, we can't really worry about the results, guys. We're just going to have to work on, 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 on proving who we are, improving who we are on a daily basis. Now, that score may read 38-7, to 7, and we're on the wrong end of it. But we can walk off that field not having paid attention to that scoreboard or that result, knowing that we got a little better today. Got a little better today. Maybe next time it's 38-14. You, you, just don't, you just keep working. You just keep working. And one of these days it'll read 41-38 us. Could be a couple of years from now, but we're going we're gonna to get to that place where that's possible. And we look forward <laughs> to welcoming in a, an Eastern Michigan team. You know, that's uh, you know, maybe not taking us very seriously, but that'll be a good day. <sighs> Our ass is in the jackpot now, okay? Nope, yes. That was the coaches' meeting. In the wee hours of Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning. 
Our ass is in the jackpot now, okay? And then he's, look, he's just staring over at his defensive staff, even though the offense was putrid all night long. Should we give him the audio of Adam and Mike talking on the field that we uh, were able to steal from the ACC? No, we, st- we gave it to him earlier this week. We, we don't have to do it again. I, I think that line there, that was the, without question, <laughs> first thing said when the door shut. All right, gentlemen, our ass is in the jackpot now. Our ass is in the jackpot now, okay? <laughs> you know the moment when your ass is in the jackpot? We've all had a moment like that where we went, oh, my ass is in the jackpot now. I was thinking that the uh, the moment that you realized that your ass was in the jackpot, it could be as a kid when you were late, you know, it was curfew and you weren't even close to being home. My ass is in the jackpot now. Could be when you were in college and maybe you made some mistakes. The mistakes you made were unfortunate. And then your ass was in the jackpot, say in one of your classes, because you just decided not to, to go to class and it came back to bite you. Whatever it might be, right? Those moments, you'd like to think usually, are over like frivolous things. They're things that, you know, in the big picture, you're going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. But there's probably never a time in which a person realizes that their ass is in the jackpot that's more terrifying than when you're at sea. Something goes wrong when you're at sea, Tom. I thought about that the other day when we were playing that clip. When is it that your ass is most in the jackpot and it's desperate? Like, you have no way to undo a situation, and you're probably not going to, in this case, survive it. It would be if your ass was in the jackpot at sea. Our ass is in the jackpot now, okay? Yeah, man. Navigation's down. The radio doesn't work. We got issues out here on the open water. And there's a storm overhead. This ain't good. You know, if something goes south here, we're in the ocean. Our ass is in the (laughs) jackpot now. No, that's not good. Like, how about back in the day when hurricanes hit, you know? Like, they're in the Atlantic. Oh, man. And, yeah, they and you're just no... trying to do your trade route work. Well, and they find all the, you know, it's awesome how many times they're finding these ships. Thousands of years later, in some cases, you know, they find these ships at the bottom. And you're like, oh, what a horrible day at the office that was. They're out there. It's already, you're already a little nervous. You're like, oh, this is different. We're out here in the ocean. There's sea creatures out here. There's crazy dragons. Like, they we believed all that nonsense, right? I never wanted the September route. <laughs> that's not a good route to have. And then that storm comes over the horizon. You're like, hmm, that'll do it. This is going to suck. Captain, I advise we turn around. <laughs> it's too late. We can't turn around. We won't get there in time. Damn it, man. Our ass is in the jackpot now. Well, it was okay. just trying to juxtapose a little bit of what's true terror and what's relative frustration. And uh, we're in that now. We're in that. It's funny. I mean, we are a topic in the way that Nebraska has been a topic in a way that so many schools went down for seemingly a little too long for their cachet. That's what we are now. We're a topic for a lot of the national shows to talk about. How did that, what happened to them? And I remember doing this with other programs. I remember from afar sitting here looking at, say, Nebraska, or even when, I remember, I'm old enough to remember, obviously, when Oklahoma was down for a long time, and I can remember Notre Dame being down. I can, obviously, there's every one of the major programs have been down. No, the foreign haters, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then you're, you're looking at them like, how did you let that happen? How in the world could you be losing at home to Georgia Southern who didn't complete a pass? Well, yep, here we are. Yeah, on the heels of losing to Vandy at yeah, homecoming. This yeah. is the, here we are. We're right there. That's us. For years. A little too long. Right, and that is the current discussion. Like, why are they still meddling about 
looking like that still. Right, yeah. You, you need know. the ring announcer. And still! still! Yeah, that's us right now. It's a damn it, man. It is. It's a damn it, man. It is, it is I, I don't know, I guess kick off at 3.30, there's going to be that little little feeling in your stomach, the pit of your stomach. Like, are we showing up? The first quarter. Yeah, I'll tell you what my stomach's going to be telling me. Our ass is in the jackpot now, okay? <laughs> my stomach's going to say, go get you a cold one, Jeff. We got to buckle in. We got to buckle in. Here we go. Because I, well, admit it. Here we are, a day away, really almost 24 hours out, till that game kicks off, and we're sitting there going, all right, two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you. Are we showing up? Are we showing up? That's the first thing I'm on. I'm on quit watch. What's the first thing I'm looking for? Are we showing up? Yeah, it's quit watch, then it's personnel watch. I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna screw up the personnel here. You know, I, well, I, they play everybody. Can, can we whittle it down a little bit? Well, I, I think I was so. talking to Ira about that today, and he, yeah. you know what? That's true. They rotate a lot of bodies. Can we pick a few? Well, I mean, they don't have a lot of depth. I get it. What area are you most concerned about that they play too many people? Linebacker, first of all. Well, now, they don't have any good linebackers. Well, I would leave Deloach and Lundy out there at all times. As much as they possibly could run on a football field, I would ask them to. And I understand Deloach is out for the first half tomorrow, so it's a little bit mitigated. Running back, too many bodies, one too many. We know about that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yep. Receiver, how do you get in any flow? Well, we don't have anybody at receiver. So let's just play everybody for 20 snaps so they don't get into the flow of the game. Quarterback, did that too. Looks like they now parse that down to one player. Okay, that's a little bit better. Even though I think Jordan could offer a lot in this game plan this weekend. Oh, Safety, we see like six safeties a game. I get D-line. That's the you one gotta, you get. You got to do it. That's the one you get. You got to do it on the defensive line because they're going to get worn down, and, and our front four is good. It's actually legitimately good. We even show variety in our punting. We go left-footed. We go right-footed. Well, I'm not as concerned about personnel. Pick I mean, I'm concerned about the state of our personnel. That I was concerned about when camp started. Like, God, dog it, guys. We're just not very good. Look around here. We need better players. This is not good enough. Now, that is an overriding concern that I've had for some time. I would also pick number 26 and play him more. Yeah, yeah. I don't need nine getting roasted left and right. Yeah. Well, point is, I'll worry about personnel. I'll worry about personnel more after I see the fight. Are we in the fight? Did we show up to fight? Is there anger? Are we catching tackles or are we delivering? Are we executing? Are we focused? They've been delivering tackles even through the they last have, game. Through the two games, yeah, they are. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, is yeah. that still there? Is Hope everything so. still intact? It has to be to win the game. I mean, we're not good enough to not do that and win a game. No, that's been Obviously, proven. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Well, time and again, for years, it's been proven. Over and over again. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Decided to hop into that one did you 
<laughs> well, the start is slow. I'm trying to adapt to the times now. We're, we got to get that stuff in. I think it skipped way. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and it's Libations Friday. Good to have you along. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, going to join us in a moment. Tallahassee Knowles, take note. This one is for you, announcing the Bud Light Sideline Experience Contest. If you're a Knoll in Tallahassee, text Bud Light Fan, all one word, to 31996. That's Bud Light Fan, all one word, to 31996. If you're the lucky winner, you score two sideline passes, hospitality passes, and fan gear for the FSU and Miami game on November the 13th. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter. Please enjoy responsibly a message from local Anheuser-Busch Beverage distributor Tri-Eagle Sales. There you go. There's that. Oh, look at that. We've got him. We're ready to roll. It's time to get to some picks. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joins us now. Hello, Lee. How the hell are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, rough, rough Saturday night. Uh, at this point, you know, it's just another loss, buddy. Just another loss. They, they come in bunches these days. Yeah, um, it's, hey, I've been there for now going on close to 17, 18 years. So I will say this. So uh, I'm talking to another host from Houston. He's texting me Sunday morning as we're playing basketball. And he, he's an A&M fan. But he says to me, do you know any Florida State fans? And you said yes. And I said, well, actually, uh, one's playing basketball with me right now, who lives right behind me. And he goes, how do you know he's a Florida State fan? took a picture of his arm. He was a member of the 93 championship team, <laughs> one of the safeties on yeah. special teams. He goes, oh, that would qualify. And then I said, I have another one who, who lives on the other side of me who has a 40-foot flagpole and has a Florida State flag flying there uh, 24-7. Pretty good indicator. 65, and a brick uh, right before you go into his house, mm. a Florida State brick. And he said, did you see him? I said, oh, here's a picture. I took a picture of him going out to get his, his newspaper. I said, <laughs> yeah. he didn't look too good. We're so. still here, man. We're yeah. still here. Uh, no, I, I was in utter shock, uh, as was everybody, including the rest of the country, who happened to see that right. highlight and go, how does that happen? It can never happen. It should never happen. But it did, and at this point... Well, let, me, let me ask you, because I, I, haven't, I haven't had time. I've been studying games. Listen, he, did he make the comment after the game, that your head coach, that... that they were weren't in a prevent because they had a timeout left. Yeah, he was worried that they were going to complete a twenty yard pass, call a timeout, and try to kick a field goal to tie the game. Wow! wow. No, it was a, it's a it, all of it is silly. It's all yeah. silly. Um, you know, I always say with coaches in in moments like that where your team has an absolute collapse and or you put them in a terrible position or both, the less is more. I mean, all you got to do is say, and he did open the press conference by saying, obviously I didn't have the team prepared to play. I take total responsibility for that. He also apologized to the fan base, the players, the alumni, everything. He did yeah, all of that, which that. is what you have to do. Um, of course. But I would say less. I would not expound much because the more you talk, the more absurd it sounds. Uh, when it's plain and obvious to everybody that there was a collapse and a miscommunication and or just terrible coaching, you, just, you don't need to say as much. Just, just Back in the day. So we're, you know, we're a little old school, you and I. Yeah. If that happens to one, you were on good teams too, correct? Yeah. Okay, so my team lost five games in four years. That would have happened to my team. Oh, well, well I, I, in fact, I can point to a game. So we lost to Ransom Everglades. I'll never forget this. My second game, my freshman year, 14-7, to a game we should have won by three or four touchdowns. And I'll never forget, he has the team together, and the parents are behind, you know, and... 
he he everyone thinks that that's it. So he says to to the parents, uh, if any if you need to pick up any of your kids. I think it was about six six thirty. He says you can come back at ten o'clock tonight. <laughs> we ran and ran. And ran. And ran. And I'll never forget this. He he told us, and it never happened again, as long as I was there. After I graduated the next year or year after that, it happened. He goes, you will never lose a, fee- a game at home on this field ever again. Well, the thing is, if you have good players and it happens, then, right. you know, you're able to fall back on, listen, motivation, attention to detail, all that stuff. It gets your attention. Yeah. But if you're a bad team with a broken psyche uh, and no sense of what it means to win, Florida State hasn't won in four years. So, Lee, right. it's not like those kids can fall back on a good season or a good game. They haven't. And so they're broken right now. And when you're down in the dumps, that you need something good to happen to you. Look at, look at what happens. So – We've talked about this before, and we'll get to the games in a second. But, like, Scott Frost goes undefeated at UCF, right? He got right. things rolling when he got there. He got them moving, and all of a sudden they start winning games, and then they win all of them, right? And, and all of a sudden, Scott Frost is the toast of the town. He's not had a single thing go right since he got to Nebraska. Now, which is it? He's either a really good coach who somehow went undefeated at UCF, or he's a raging moron who never knew what he was doing and lucked into an undefeated season? I don't think so. No. It's, it's like you have to have some things go right. So you can gain some momentum, begin to get some belief and conviction in what you're doing, and they don't have any. They 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 sit around looking for somebody else to make a play because they don't know they don't know what to do. They haven't had any success, and Mike's in a desperate situation now. They got to go on the road and play well against Wake Forest and and hopefully get a win and begin to believe again that you can. Because right now well, I don't think I, I don't know do this. So I've seen a lot of these scenarios you and I have with these. Sometimes when you hit rock bottom, might be the best thing. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go but up. Right, and you find out who who's going to buy in. So, you know, I, I don't know what went on. I, you know, now unfortunately, you you can only keep the players there so many hours of the week. But uh, I can tell you this much: if I was a head coach, even if you didn't have the most talented team in the world, they would have been running for four or five hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama minus fifteen and a half against Florida. Bama has owned Florida. Great yep. game last year in the SEC Championship. First time they've gone into the Swamp since 2009, though, so this could be interesting, especially if Anthony Richardson plays. What do we know about this game? So I think he needs to play. Yeah. They want to have a chance in this game. He's a gazelle. He is scary good. Yes, he is. And he's averaging. This isn't a misprint. If you go out and get your newspaper, you open it up, you see 25 yards per carry, um, it's not a misprint. So he should be playing 90% of the time. Over Emory Jones said that to begin the season. Dan Mullen, 0-10 versus Nick Saban. Hasn't tasted victories since he was an offensive coordinator with Urban Meyer as his head coach and Tim Tebow as the quarterback in the 2008 SEC title game. But he has covered five of the last eight games. I think it all begins with a coin toss. So I don't normally watch the coin toss, but let's watch the coin toss together. If they win the coin toss and defer... I, I'm going to feel like throwing a brick yeah, yeah. through the TV. You got, you, you got, you have. To, if you, if you're down by ten points or more against over. Alabama, you got a zero point zero zero chance of winning the game. So you got to try to accept the kickoff like the, we used to do when we played high school, right? Well, well if you're good, if you're good, you yeah, take it. Yeah. Yes, and you, yeah. yeah. You want to do you know what with it right down there? You know what? And um, and I think they have a chance to stay close here. Todd Grantham. He's a pretty darn good defensive coordinator. I think he's going to show a ton of different looks and dial up a variety of blitz packages, 
maybe slow down Bryce Young, which Miami couldn't do. So uh, Bama was a two-touchdown favorite in the SEC title game last year and only won by six points. And this team is not as good as last year. Bama escapes 35-31. First time they're playing in the Swamp in a decade, and I think uh, it's going to be a tough place to win. If Anthony Richardson's not able to go, though, Florida's going to get blown out. I'll just put yes, that caveat out there. Uh, I agree. UNC minus nine against Virginia. Virginia has played well. Your thoughts on this game? They have, and they have a quarterback who presents some problems. When Brennan Armstrong is on, he is really good. He's underrated. Um, his wide receivers also, they have not done this in a while. I notice his, his wide receivers are getting separation. So when you watch a game, and if you see they're getting separation, they have a chance to win this game here. North Carolina, they're being hunted now. They're not the hunter. Three and seven uh, as a home favorite. Last ten games here. And uh, Bronco Mendenhall can coach. I always love the guy. I think he's one of the best. Here's his philosophy. I don't know if people realize it in a nutshell. He wants to get you in third and five or longer. And that's the key. He tries to do whatever he can the first two plays. And then if he does, he's almost always blitzing you on third down because he wants to make the quarterback get rid of the ball quickly. And that's the way his coverages are set up here. He won last year. Uh, he upset him. Did North Carolina 44-41 in Scott Stadium against one of the best uh, North Carolina teams we've seen in a while on Halloween night. I think it's going to be close. I think North Carolina, North Carolina emerges victorious, 38-34, but I'm taking the nine. Yeah, I like the nine there, too. Uh, all right, your Canes. This was a number. So here's what I did. I took Miami this week, and you can tell me I'm crazy, but I took Miami this week because I saw the value in that this was a 17-and-a-half-point spread during the summer. Yeah. If it, when it first came out, the Canes were favored by 17-and-a-half. Now everybody looks at Miami after that lackluster performance against App State and getting blown out by Alabama, and they think, hmm, I don't know, maybe, maybe Miami sucks. Yeah. Uh, and Michigan State's been a little bit better than people thought they would be. So is the 6-and-a-half, are you taking or are you going to go ahead and take Miami and lay the 6-and-a-half? Lay the this is the toughest game. This and the Florida State game this week, I really <laughs> went back and forth. I'm not going to lie. Both games will not be on my card. I think it's a trap play. But for the sake of the show and the sake of making a pick, I think Michigan State's the right side. You know, they ran for 326 yards on Northwestern, normally a pretty good run defense. Kenneth Walker has been really good in the first two games. Uh, five touchdowns, 321 rushing yards, and I think he'll have some success. I don't think the Miami defensive line is that good. I don't think their linebackers are good. They have no depth there. Their offensive line, they opened up the, uh, the two positions on the offensive line this week to see who's going to start. I mean, that just tells you what's going on. Now, Michigan State plays a lot of 4-3 cover, too. So Miami has to be patient. They're going to have to run the ball some and throw to Will Mallory. Tight ends are important. Team that runs a lot of cover, too. Will Mallory's only caught, I think, like three balls all year. He needs to catch five, six, seven balls for them uh, to be victorious. I just don't think Miami's physical enough, talented enough, or coached their kids up well enough uh, to win and cover. I think Michigan State's going to pull off the upset 27-24. Oh, Lee, I'm so torn on this. I'll lose money if that happens, but I will be happy. Uh, (laughs) Wake Forest minus five and a half against the Knowles. Just so you know, I actually took the Knowles to go on the road and get the win here. Who'd you take? So so did I. Now, I did do some checking, and I went against Washington last week, mm-hmm. felt that they were just not going to be able to get back up. 
Most teams cannot get back up after they lose to an FCS opponent. In fact, they're 15, 17, and 1 the last five years. Ouch. And I checked, there was not one great performance, but there's a big but. As good as Wake Forest's offense is, and they are prolific, they've scored 46 points per game the last five games, but they have been out, they were outstated um, in a lot of those games. And the first two games against Old Dominion and Norfolk State, they've only uh, held an edge of 42 36 in first downs. I think their defense is just, they don't let a whole lead. So I'm going to call for the upset here. ACC dog of the day here. Knowles, 7 and 1, avenging the ACC dog of less than 10 points. Florida State outright 38 35. That's a great pick, Lee. Yeah. Buffalo minus three and a half against the Dolphins. I took the Dolphins getting the three and a half. I love that defense. I like that Dolphins team. It's a fun team to root for, and I want to see the Bills go 0-2. I'll just say it out loud because the guy accused me of hating the Bills yesterday. Uh, so, <laughs> who do you got? I'd love to see it. I think it's going to be tough. I would love to have seen. Ah, oh, come on. It's hot down there, Lee. Buffalo can't handle that heat. If, if Buffalo wins the first game, Miami has a better chance. They're going to be angry the way they blew that second-half lead. Miami has trouble against Josh Allen. You've got to rush four against him. You can't rush three. He has killed Miami, throwing the ball down the field. That's why Miami kept 12 defensive backs, I believe, on their roster and also running the ball. He's, it seems like he runs every game against them. He has a 30-, 40-, 50-yard run. So I think Miami is much improved. I still don't love the offensive line. And uh, I don't know if the front seven is as good as last year. I'm taking the Bills here. I think they win here 37-30 in a shootout. You mentioned Allen plays well against Miami. I think he's undefeated yep. uh, against them. Yep. He's owned them. 5-1. Yeah. One. One. Oh, is it 5-1? One. One. Okay. Yeah. Uh, game of the week is a good one. It's the first time in 91 years that Auburn has ventured outside of their uh, comfort zone and gone to a Big Ten school to play a game. This ought to be fun. Penn State minus 6 against Auburn. How do folks get that game from you, Lee? Just call 800-400-9741. Again, the number 800-400-9741. We'll give you that game for free. I love this Penn State-Auburn game. Strongest game I've had maybe in three or four weeks. So you want to get on it. 800-400-9741. We hit our 50-unit play. We were yes, we did. We were sweating it out, but we hit it. 10 to 50 units. Um, we are 53 and 18 now, the last 15 years since we went to that unit rating system. And uh, we hit it with Carolina, the Panthers. So they came through for us. I have a 40-unit play going in college oh, football on nice. Saturday in two 50 units. Never had this before. UFC selections on Saturday night. It's all up and available. ParamountSports.com. Lee, uh, I have my phone here with me. Now, you know what to do. I'll text you right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. I want that okay. text right now. Good to see you. Good to talk to you, Lee. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> Be good. All right. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. I got it right here, Lee. Let's go. I'm waiting on that text. Internally here, we're a big believer in the 40-unit plays more than we are the 50-unit plays. Well, last plays. week was a 50-unit play, and we uh, got the win. That That's true. We got the win. Chica, chica. We got that win, baby. I took it. Thank you, Ferris Bueller. I watched that game. I've never thought in a million years I would tune in with bated breath to check out Carolina versus the Jets. But, boy, was I locked into that one. Mm, what a game. What a game indeed. That two-point conversion, Tom, you'd have thought I was watching the Bucks in the Super Bowl. It's like, all right, here we go, defense. Well, I will say one thing about that. That's more compelling than either of the Bucks Super Bowls. Oh, no, they were blowout victories for That's the Bucks. Right. Uh, we were in yeah. celebration mode at halftime of those games. Indeed. I, I'll tell you something uh, before we go to break here. I, um, I was on the edge of my seat there in the Carolina Jets game, and Bryce walked in. I, I love, 
there's no doubt I've made a probably negative impression in some ways. Some might say that on my kids in this regard. Like, they know their dad's strengths and weaknesses. They're all out there to be seen. And he said, uh, so who, who do you have? He didn't even, because he, he looked at the screen and he saw how nervous I was. He was like, it's the Jets in Carolina. What do you, who do you have? And I'm like, we need to stop here, son. He's like, all right, I'll watch with you. And we got the stop. And he's like, all right. And we slapped five. And he went, <laughs> Come on, Bryce. You know what they say about casting lots in the sacred scriptures. We need to do a, a little great, bit better about these that things. That is a great stop. That's a big stop, Carolina. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk, Radio Orchard TV. To recap here. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, took uh, Florida to cover the 15-and-a-half against Bama. He took Virginia to cover the 9 against North Carolina. He took Michigan State to cover the 6-and-a-half and win the game outright against Miami. took Florida State to cover the 5-and-a-half, so we are all taking underdogs here. But he took Buffalo to beat uh, Miami by more than 3-and-a-half, and and I don't know what he selected just yet on that Penn State-Auburn game. That Virginia pick feels so correct that I feel like North Carolina is going to win by 20-plus. Now, I've been on North Carolina. I'm 2-for-2 picking North Carolina. So far this year. I think he's correct. I think Virginia and Brock, well, they're better coached, period, first of all. So easy to see when it's not in your own backyard, right? Like, oh, you're, because if you compare these two coaches for Florida State and Wake Forest, you'd say Clawson is the superior coach right now. It's not close. Clawson, well, I mean, he's just, his, a, yeah, he does, he does more with less, yes. And those teams don't make a whole lot of mistakes where you go, good Christmas, what is wrong with you? Same thing in that situation. Bronco has the Cavs ready to go. Here comes Virginia every week. And they're ready. They play above their heads. Mac, there's a lot of star power, not a lot well, of substance. Well, it's a weird, it's a complicated deal with Mac. He hasn't been there the second go-around very long at all, and they immediately got into the conversation in the Coastal. They immediately won some games they shouldn't have. They were right there, should have beat Clemson. So I can't say that just now. I mean, I, North Carolina was nowhere, and he got there, and all of a sudden they mattered to the point where they were overrated. So I think that, you right. know, you know, I mean, listen. They lost six games the first year, and then last year they caught Clemson napping, but so is Pitt and NC State. No, I'm just, and, I'm just, my yeah. point is we're nowhere close to doing anything like that, and, and he's made them relevant in the Coastal pretty quickly. Beat his ass. They've also recruited well, you know. I mean, that's the one win. Hey, man, my man's won three games. One of them was North Carolina. Right. We, we're just going to keep bringing that up because that's all we have. The other two are Jacksonville State and Duke. Well, we're 500 against Jacksonville State in the Norvell era, that's so right. that's good. I mean, damn it, man. Uh, I just It's one of those things where I think, you know, obviously when we talk about hitting rock bottom, when we talk about trying to find your way, navigating your way out of this mess, you, you really have to <laughs> win a football game. You have to win a football game. I mean, you, you know, we can talk about wanting to see the effort, and we did. We want to see that those guys are where they're supposed to be. That's part of coaching. At some point, you know, and, and even somebody like me who's willing to uh, concede that the, the, the circumstances uh, in which you take over and don't have a spring football and then hit by COVID and can't recruit are, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's absurd, right? I'm willing to concede that the, the three and six campaign from a year ago is, is a nothing thing to me. But you know what happens when you lose games like they've lost now? Suddenly that goes back on your record because that, you're seeing that now. You're seeing like, oh well, through eleven games, my man's three and eight. You go, you know. Now, if you win some games early this year, you're like, oh well, you can't count last year. Can't count last year. But when you're losing games, now it comes back on your resume. 
No, sure. I mean, the first thing I thought of after the final play of the game last week was third and 17. I was like, oh, okay. So that wasn't a fluke, getting caught up in the moment thing. We've been caught up in the moment several times now. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And, and, and a lot of the times what's frustrating about that is when you watch it, you go, it's unnecessary, Mike. You actually finally have some guys up front that you can trust. Or Adam, both of them, obviously. You know, yeah, Mike can say, whoa, whoa, what whoa, are we doing wait, here? Mike hears that on the headset. He's got to override that quickly. Yeah. I mean, he, you know. I think Corey put it right. It was fourth and 60. That's basically what that play was. Yep. Fourth and 60. The Jeff Cambridge Show on War Chant TV is brought to you in part by Lane's Medical Shop with locations in Colquitt and Donaldsonville. Lane's Medical Shop offers you all your medical supply needs. They even have delivery and emergency services available. Lane's Medical Shop, 229-758-9111. Tell them Jeff Cameron and Warchant.com sent you for a half-off discount. Doesn't suck, huh? Come back, wrap up the hour momentarily. Jeff Cameron, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Did you see the video? While we're, it's a loosey-goosey edition. I could bring it up. It did make me laugh, and I have to credit Rich Eisen for doing it. I saw the video yesterday of the Alabama player talking about Nick Saban's um, sayings and things that he references. No, like oh the all right stuff. And- it is hilarious. The reason it's hilarious is that a, an SID is telling the player pretty quickly, no, 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 that's enough. Because Saban apparently loves these jokes. Oh, really? Loves them. And gets guys all the time. And the player is asked about Saban's sayings. Because he has so many of them, right? You know, when he talks about how you win games and discipline and how to function day to day and, you know, getting back to the process and all that, right? So the, the reporter clearly wants to hear a player Reference one of the one of the many cliches or sayings or tropes that you know Saban rolls out there on a daily basis to motivate his players. Because at the beginning of this week, Saban did what he always does. He acted as if he was angry with his team. He talked about penalties. He talked about how they're undisciplined. He talked about how you're going to lose games. And he explained why that was important. He does this all the time, especially when they're cruising to victories. He always he doesn't want them to rest on their laurels. So I'm sure that's why he was asked. But anyhow, the player's like, oh, I don't know. He loves to talk about D's and get you some of D's and, and, and stuff. And, the, and then you can hear the S&D go, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> and he repeats it a couple of times without saying the second part of uh, it. I wish that the SID was as out of touch as Nick is because he wouldn't have understood. He would be like, oh, okay, seems like a reasonable answer. He does. You know what? He says that all the time. Well, it's funny. It is funny. It actually makes me laugh thinking about Saban engaging in those jokes. It makes him human. That's funny. If he does that to players, that's just funny. To me, I, I would crack up with that. Um, if you go find it, I'll give, again, you, you just go to... Uh, At what? ESPN Greeny. No, 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 no. It's what's-his-face. Um, well, I just got done saying it. Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go, go look up Rich Eisen's thing. It was, I saw it yesterday. It's hilarious. First of all, they laugh for 20 minutes because they keep replaying it. And it also gets back to sort of the reporters in the room having to follow up on that. Like, that's like, what do you, what do you ask next? What do you say? There's a, Matt Leinert was the one who had to go to the podium after Dennis Green went on his rant about the Bears. They are who we thought they were. And at the very end of that rant, his hat's disheveled, and he's screaming, and he's pounded the dais, and he said everything. The best part is the very, very end, the poor media guy for the Cardinals goes, okay, everybody, Matt Leinert will be up next if you have questions for Matt Leinert. <laughs> Nobody ever 
Nobody ever hears that part of it, but I would love to see what Matt Leiter had to do to try to walk into the room after that and just answer questions. Like, no, there's nothing more to say at oh, that point. No, there's nothing. But I like the media relations guy. Okay, that's uh, that's all for Coach. Matt Leiner, up next. And I also would like to hear Nick Saban making D's jokes. Oh, sure. That's it makes him human. That way, if you could get that on an audio clip, I think we'd use that routinely. I also believe he. You probably could. It, I, I mean, that's got to be that has oh, well. has to. He's have had been some re- unfortunate clips in which, yeah. No, I think that something had to have been recorded at some point uh, of him, especially if he's so fond of him. So ESPN Greeny, Rich Eisen, and uh, I won't refer to him as Mike anymore. ESPN Greeny, Rich Eisen, mm-hmm. and Bob Costas are at the ESPYs and having a conversation. Who speaks about himself first in the conversation? Who talks about himself first? Uh, that'd be Costas. It's close between it's, Ian and Greeny. It's yeah. not Rich. I like Rich. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like Rich fine. He's a really good driver, but I think he, you know, Rich might talk about Rich a little bit. Oh, I, I you don't get to where they are without sizable egos. But I, I think that you think Costas wins that race. Oh, I think he's like the freeze yeah, in that I, race. I think Costas. It's close between he and Greeny, though. It's really close. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.